Welcome to a bonus episode of Talking Pictures Trivia, the podcast in which a group of geographically challenged friends explore movies through trivia as an excuse to keep their friendships alive. I'm one of these friends, and today's host, Nick, and with me is... Tom. KJ. And I'm Chris. For those joining us for the first time, we start off each episode with a movie quiz as these four rapid-fire trivia questions will determine who earns today's trivia crown. The first question is worth one point, and each question after that is worth one more point. Then we'll follow it up with a theme discussion, this week being the essence of the source material. This episode is being released as close to the movie release as possible. Tom, tell us about today's movie. Walking up the theaters in 2023, we would have had to choose between Shazam 2, Creed 3, Ant-Man and the Wasp 3, John Wick 4, Scream 6, and today's movie, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Nick will be our questionnaire today, but Chris, as our most experienced D&D player, what is D&D, Honor Among Thieves, all about? Welcome to Faerun, the main continent of the Forgotten Realms, where magic is real and adventuring is a full-time job. This movie allows you to jump right into one of our friends' games and join them on their epic adventure, or a side quest or two. These adventures include our two major protagonists, Edgen and Holga. After a heist goes wrong, Edgen and Holga end up in prison, where we are then allowed to watch as they miraculously escape, and then try to return to their normal lives through a variety of side quests and with a myriad of different friends along the way. So before we start our questions of the day, I am going to have everyone roll a D20 initiative check, which is going to be done in the link. All or right. a giant D20 ball that Chris has. I guess it's a die, not a ball. So everyone roll a D20 initiative check to see order. KJ rolled a seven. I don't... It, it keeps spinning. <laughs> it stopped. Oh. <laughs> I got a 16. I got a 13. Okay. So the order, and we're going to go opposite, right? Because usually we make the people, the harder part is to go first or last. What do you think? First. First is probably harder. Yeah. Okay. So sure. it's going to be, we're going to go reverse order. We'll go KJ, Tom, Chris. You talk about for the answers? Yes. Oh, that's fantastic. Well done. Well done. <laughs> I love it. I love this episode already. Well, I guess I should do it the other way then, right? No, I don't know. You can no, do it way. Advantage goes to the 16. I think yeah, they, I yeah, think yeah. They okay. Get the, they okay. get the pull up. That, that's what I thought. Okay. As long as I get to be the bard. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for question one. Who is the true villain of this film? Locked in. I thought it was a fluff question. <laughs> Locked in. Um, but I got to say, guys, I'm not going to be good with names. So there's going to be a lot of by reference situations here. I'm I'm going to lock in also. Um, I'm not confident about this because, but, you know, whatever. We didn't roll a confidence check. Though. It was <laughs> just initiative. <laughs> here we go. Due to the initiative rolls. KJ, you're going to start. The Red Witch's boss. <laughs> Tom. 
I, I had the same thing, but I don't know his name. So Fina's guy in charge, the super red guy. Chris. All right, so they're they're actually the Red Wizards of Thay, KG. I'm sorry, I have oh, to I have to nerd out on you here. And his name is Zazaz Tam. Well, Chris may not like this, but everyone's gonna get the points because <laughs> it is her boss who is that necromancer Zaz Tam. Hey, listen, we're all we're all adventuring together. If one of us <laughs> if one of us succeeds, we all succeed. So I'm okay yeah, with yeah. it. I don't I don't think that's how trivia works. <laughs> this is cooperative trivia, Tom. This is cooperative trivia. Okay. For a moment when I left the theater, I had to like remember. Like who was the true baddie here? It was like, oh yeah, the baddie we saw the flashback of, like taking over all the people and making them zombies. So yes, he mm. definitely was the big baddie in the situation. Couldn't remember his name though. They only say it like twice and mm. it's deep cut. Is he in the game? Yeah, he's he's from he's from the game. He's he's a uh, he's from the original source material. He's been around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think he was actually in a couple of the video games as well as a main antagonist. So if anybody played any of the uh, early '90s PC games, they would have recognized him as well. It's time for question two. When casting the divination spell, speak with dead. How many questions can you ask the corpse? Locked in. Yeah, locked in. Locked in. KJ. One more than you'll be asking us tonight. Five. Tom? I like that answer. That yeah, I like that answer. <laughs> it's because I'm playing the bard. You're playing the bard. Yes, I will. I will. I'll be the Ray, paladin. Ray, so and have... oh, wait, wrong. <laughs> wrong material. <laughs> I'll be the paladin and be confused by your irony and just say five stoically. I'm definitely the ranger hiding in the corner with his bow and arrow. And I shoot my arrow at a piece of paper that says five on the wall. <laughs> well, so far, we're going to have a flawless episode. Everyone gets the two points for that one. The reason I actually wanted to bring this one up, too, is I really enjoyed how magic was portrayed in this film. Magic is a tricky thing. And most times, it's just like fireball, ice, this, that, the other, some lightning bolts. But here, they really did try to have each magical element have its own vibe and feel. So just wanted to bring that one up too. I really enjoy it. anyone else. Like I just really thought they did a good job with the different types and characteristics of magic. I also liked how they showed that not everybody was good at it. Yes. That, like it, it took, it took skill and that some people were better. Like the paladin, in the movie was definitely better. He was a higher level than anybody else in the adventuring crew. Uh, and I liked how they started. They didn't actually call him by name, but they started to sprinkle in magic items so like he had a coin that allowed them to speak to the dead and she had a pendant that the, the the daughter had a pendant that let her disappear like all these little sprinklings of of things that are in the game things that have legitimate pages in the rule book that are just on screen but not necessarily they're not they weren't trying to overwhelm people with this like look at all the stuff we know but it was it was interesting to see as a as a fan recognizing that stuff the other thing I liked about the questions is they say five. That seems like an arbitrary number. Because it is. <laughs> it's time for question three. It wouldn't be Dungeons and Dragons without dragons. How many dragons were in this film? Locked in. I would love to be proven wrong, but I think I know. Again, when you only get to watch it once in the theater, it's, it's all on memory. I guess I'll lock in. I'm locked in with a guess, but I'm I, guessing I, too. Yeah, I think I could back it up. Locked in. Start us off with that guess. 
All right, I had four. There was the overweight dragon. There was the statue dragon towards the end. There was the dragon in the quick scene of a flashback that seemed to be throwing up black tar. It's also in the trailer. And then the other one I had, was there a dragon in the prison that kind of chased them out? That was my, I wasn't sure. So four is my answer. Tom. I had two because I didn't think that thing at the end was a dragon the, at the statue. Because I remember the flashback thing and obviously the, the fat dragon, everybody remembers. But I just didn't think the thing at the end was a dragon. Is that a dra- so I'm going to go with two, whatever, two. Chris? Well, we're, somebody's going to be the lead here because I'm going to go with three. I'm going to go with the big, the big chunky boy that we see in, in the dungeon, the black dragon that we see flying in the flashback. And I do believe that the statue would have been of an, of an animated version of a dragon. The points are going to go to Chris. I do have three. KJ, there was not one that I can recall and where you were saying, but there was the <laughs> corpulent red dragon. <laughs> uh, the black dragon, I believe that's, poison right like like acid or poison yeah they 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 fire poison yeah yeah they spew poison and then i did count the dragon the statue dragon i didn't know if that was supposed to be a gold dragon or whatever but it was another dragon ask yeah yeah fair enough so that was definitely it had wings and you know it looked like a dragon yeah it was it was close it was close enough for <laughs> for gameplay yeah it's time for question four. D&D legendary items are quite powerful. What was the total amount of these items that the adventurers use or interact with? What, what's and they a, have to be legendary items. What is a legendary item? Usually a legendary item has a name. Oh, God. I don't know. Oh, boy. And this one I'm sure of. Locked in. I, I honestly have no idea, so I'm going to take a random guess. Well, that's why I did numbers instead of what are their names. Yeah, that would, <laughs> that would be a hilarious guess. We could collectively. Well, that might have been my uh, tiebreakers, right? Start yeah. naming them off. Mm-hmm. But so far, uh, Chris is ahead with, what the heck does he got? Five points? No, six points. And you guys have three? Is my math correct? Yeah, I have three. I, I didn't even know this was a thing. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I'm locked in. I, I Not to I, be confused with artifacts, which may be even rarer, but legendary items. All right. I'll lock in with my little list here. KJ, start us up. I have five. The portal gun, the speaking stone. Oh, I have six. The portal gun, the speaking stone. The uh, thing that turns a daughter invisible, the resurrection stone, the helmet of helmets, or whatever that was, um, <laughs> and then the little—was uh, it a wild card magic thing that the, the the sorcerer that wasn't very good used to flip the gravity? So I have six. Tom, I also have six, but I'm not going to tell you what they are. <laughs> I pulled that number out of my colon. So there you go. Chris, uh, I went with five. I had the I had the the helmet, I had the hither thither staff. I think it was called. I although I'm I'm yep, butchering yep. that. Uh, the horn for sure. Oh, uh, the horn. I don't think this. I don't think the speaking stones are legendary though. So that's why I'm going to go with five instead of six. That's that's my that's my conclusion. Okay. So, unsurprisingly, Chris has taken down this episode nice. flawlessly. It is. 
five. And yes, the key here was legendary items, okay? A speaking stone, that's not so legendary. A lot of people have speaking stones. What makes something legendary? Usually it has a name. They There's usually only stone. one of them, or they're, or they're very, yeah. very limited. Like yeah. that's the only horn that can summon that black, that red mist that kills people in, instantly. Mm -hmm. So if you'd like to know what the legendary items were, it was the horn of beckoning death, I believe you're referring to. Pretty Whoa. cool name. The mm -hmm. hither thither staff. Yeah. How did we forget the tablet of reawakening? That's a big part of this whole plot line. Mm -hmm. Red wizard blade. Once you take that, it reduces you to zero hit points. So you're done. Unless you happen to have a tablet of reawakening. <laughs> and of course, KJ got the helm of helms, the helm of disjunction. That one I had. I the the thing you put on the witch that makes her not have magic isn't legendary. No, because there was multiple ones of those. Oh, and the thing that makes you invisible isn't legendary? We just couldn't see the others, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Usually the ones that had a legendary <laughs> moniker were like big names like I just shared. Oh, yeah, because I, I had the wrist thing that prevents the magic person from having magic. I had the invisible thing that makes little girls invisible. Um, the 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 staff that makes you teleport very conveniently hither, yeah, very that. conveniently that came out of the blue the portal. Um, it's like oh wait we found this walking yeah, stick oh wait we need this yeah. for the whole movie <laughs> yeah and we just found it just right here um and something else i had to oh the 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 helmet thing i had yeah. and also the tablet of reawakening i had to go to that thing that you just said, Tom, isn't that exactly what a D and D adventure is? You always find exactly that thing that you need <laughs> next. So like, I, I mean, that that's, that makes this this movie perfect, in my opinion. <laughs> Fair enough. Once again, congratulations to Chris, our D and D expert, for somehow winning this episode. We'll be diving into our topic of the week, the essence of the source material, right after this brief break. Join another Talking Studios production, Limited Lexicon, where we play through text-based adventure games. Text-based adventure games were computer games from before computers had graphics. The game uses text to describe a scene, and the player types back how they want to interact with the game. I'll read the text from the computer, and my co-host will feed me commands. This season, we're playing through The Hobbit from 1982 on the ZX Spectrum. Here's a quick sample. I thought uh, a lot about our first command, and I think it should be no print because we don't want to print things as we're going along. I think by default, it's not going to print. And even <laughs> if I did print, I, where is it going to print to? 1982? I, I would imagine if we go west, we're going to be south of the troll, right? Just south of the troll land. Yeah, let's try it. You go west. The troll's clearing. The visible. Oh, we died. <laughs> 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 all right the troll the troll saw us and killed us so i think we have to say the answer to the riddle then the answer is dark say dark i think talk to what Gollum. Gollum. say Gollum. dark you talk to Gollum. thorin says hurry up and we died and we died so we went northeast last time so let's go southwest you go southwest. Visible exits are north, northwest. You see the valuable golden ring. Oh, wow. Wow. That's perfect. Oh, That's wow. perfect. 
Limited Lexicon, coming to your podcatcher and YouTube in late 2022 by Talking Studios. And we're back. After watching this film, I was trying to think of the topic for this week. And the thing that really jumped out at me was this movie really seemed to portray the D&D experience. Now, I'm not the most well-versed in it. I have dabbled. I've played various games of it. Chris, of course, is a little bit more enfranchised than I am, which I'm glad he's on the episode here with us. But that is really something that I thought held true. But of course, I wanted to open up to debate here for us all having different levels of familiarity with D&D if this seemed to resonate with others or if they think I'm crazy and it had nothing to do with D&D at all. Well, audience, before we get into it, I, I would just like to mention the four of us actually had a D&D campaign going before we started uh, Talking Picture Trivia. We would hang out. I think it was a Google Hangout at the time. Zoom wasn't as well known. So we all not only have had at least some D&D experience, we've had that experience together which was basically like the movie, if you think about it, right? Tom's kind of as good looking as Chris Pine. <laughs> Nick's almost as strong as Hulk. All right, like this was, we were, yeah. I, I, like, I act like an owlbear. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Chris was in the movie. <laughs> yeah, that was me on the horse. <laughs> and I was um, Bradley Cooper. <laughs> that was I, that was that surprised me when I saw him. That was funny though. So I I wouldn't call myself a D and D expert. I'm kind of new to this, not new to this. I, I've been playing for like five or six years now. Uh, but my first introduction was being thrown into a a campaign that was already going. So like a lot of the people at the table had already had characters and they were playing. I jumped in and kind of assumed the position of I'm the guy that you met in the bar that we're now going to go adventuring on. And this movie felt exactly like that. It felt exactly like you have these two main characters and these are your protagonists. These are the people that you care about the most. But then they jump in and out of other people's stories or other people jump in and out of their stories. And it just felt like I sat down at the table and these two established characters are here. And now I'm joining them along for the ride and kind of going along with them. And on the way, we meet a paladin who in the trailers, you feel as if he's one of the major five characters, but he's literally there for 20 minutes. Yeah. And then he's in, he's out. And it's like, oh, he was there for one session. He was there for one dungeon. They felt they fought the dragon. They survived. And he was like, OK, I can't make it next week. So you guys go on without me. And he keeps walking straight, even if there's boulders in the way. <laughs> he keeps walking straight. So in, in the... I don't know, maybe I'm being too meta about this because I do play in the, in the grand scheme of like, it was, it was very meta of the, like, not everybody shows up every week. Not everybody's adventures with you the whole time. There's one or two characters that probably do that. It's the, them, the DM are the best friends. And then everybody else kind of jumps in here or there when they, when they can. And that's exactly what it felt like. So I felt they did like a fantastic job with that. I thought, I thought it felt exactly like playing the game for me. Yeah, I, I agree, Chris. It they they nailed all of that. I'm I'm sure the references someone over my head because I'm not that familiar, but every beat of the movie felt like something that probably happened in either our Dungeons and Dragon game or or somebody else's. Um, I, Nick and I went to see this in the theater together, and it was a great great theater experience. A few rows in front of us, there was I don't know half a dozen guys, and they probably had a 20 year game going. Because they laughed at every joke. They enjoyed every beat. They were just having the time of their lives. And it was so cool to see that group getting to remember all the fun times they had playing D&D up on the screen, right? All looking at each other, knowing exactly the reference to that one time that, 
you know, the bar did whatever. Um, but then two seats the other way from me, there was a guy that fell asleep. He was out cold for 40 minutes. And audience, <laughs> we were in this theater with rumble. It was seats. a spell. <laughs> it was a sleeping spell he must have had. And, you know, the dragon's there, and he's blowing fire out of his mouth, and the walls are crashing, and the seats are shaking. And this yeah, guy, I was going to say, it was one of those expensive ones with the real big speakers. <laughs> he was out cold, and I realized, you know, he's just like the other guys. He probably played, but all of his friends probably don't live around here anymore. So it's kind of sad, right? He's an adventurer on his own at the movie. I think he was just doing an all-nighter session of D&D. <laughs> I was so excited about it. By the time he got there, he was exhausted. Done. He had to take a short rest to finish the movie. <laughs> By the way, there was a short rest joke in there. Was there yes. not? Yep. Yeah. We have exactly six hours until the... <laughs> Whatever it was. Yeah, that it was it was so well done, and like to 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 bring to the point of like all the little Easter eggs that, that there were Easter eggs that flew over my head, I'm sure, but they were dropping like they dropped Faerun, they dropped Sword Coast, they dropped the Thay, they they all the all the beasties that's in there, like it really made my I don't want to say my heart sing, but like the first time that they stumble into the the gelatinous cube by accident, <laughs> and like he goes the the one guy goes like full in. And then the next time you see the cube, he's a skeleton. Like that was just that was amazing. Yeah. I love the fact that they kind of <laughs> brought these classic characters in the displacer beast, the mimic, the cube, like, and did them justice. They looked really good on the screen, but they didn't overdo it. They didn't like they. It wasn't like a monster a minute. They they pick and choose the one that they wanted. They made it so that it actually advanced the story. That it was actually a like a useful part of it. And then they kind of went on their way. They didn't linger too long either. Do you remember? I forget their name. The, the they look like walking brains. The intellect of ours. Yes, <laughs> that was a, that was a, I was surprised to see them. I was surprised that they went into the underdark, honestly. Yeah. But that was that's another thing. That's a whole <laughs> that's a whole another movie. Yeah, yeah. The other thing I liked is the bard kept trying to inspire people, <laughs> and mostly failing. Right? You can do it. You can do it. <laughs> and then he was also constantly being told that he's useless in the party. And as the bard, I could completely relate. People always said, why are you here with us? And that's not even where we're playing D&D. &D, no? <laughs> Tom, I'm, I'm dying to know what you thought of this. because oh, this doesn't, cinematic masterpiece. This doesn't seem like up your alley, but so I'm Tom curious, is, I'm curious so, to hear your Tom opinion. is actually very quiet. Yeah, surprisingly. <laughs> I, no. That's what's scary me about this. I don't know if we should be scared or if uh, he's about to drop some truth. It's not going to win an Oscar, okay? It's not oh, it's it's not that. I, I mean, I, I so I played D&D &D with you, I think, one day. I think it was one day, right? <laughs> Maybe it was two days. A few sessions there, Tom. Was it a few sessions? Okay, yeah, I was I Demarius Page, the dwarf. he was the guy sleeping a two to two seats down from you. <laughs> yeah, no, but I I was a I, I was a unusual character, but I I, I eventually stopped playing because a pretty girl invited me to a party, uh, <laughs> and so you guys lost out. That's that, how we lost darn, most of our. We lost another. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's the that's the D and D death knell. Yeah. Um, so I didn't have like I didn't catch a lot of the references that you guys caught. Uh, so though I felt a sort of energy that I was missing, right? Um, I, what didn't work for me in this movie was also what worked for me, which was the humor, which I, I found funny very often. And then I became tired of it by the end of it. It was hit or miss for me too, Tom. There were sometimes I was on board. Sometimes I had a chuckle. Sometimes it just 
swing and a miss. Well, it's just also every single thing that happens, you know, Chris Pratt is going to have an ironic comment to make. About How about it. a different Chris? It could have been Chris Pratt, but it's it Chris, like Chris Pine, Pratt. Chris Pine. Yeah. It's Chris funny to say Chris Pat because it's it felt like Guardians of the Galaxy. To me. That's yeah. what KJ yeah. said. He said Galaxy it was just a D and D skin. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Galaxy. Yeah, yep. it had that kind of feel. So I, I yeah, that's you know. really funny though. That's exactly what KJ. <laughs> yeah, said but that was the uh... in a good way. I'll say. Well, they they even did that with the trailer, right? They did the classic rock song with the cool trailer in the background. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's a that's right out of the Guardians of the Galaxy playbook. I specifically stayed away from any spoilers because I wanted to go in fresh. So that that I didn't see anything before the film this time. This, believe it or not, was the first time I've been to the movie theaters since pandemic times. Crazy. I've been a few times, but yeah. it's yeah. Th- I think that was where I, I by the end of the movie I was a little tired, and then when. The scenes that are are quote unquote heartfelt tend to also feel kind of shortchanged. It's Omar believes in himself, and so he's able to do that. You, you end up playing those kind of tropes. <laughs> um, I, I do appreciate that the movie was very funny and took the material with a, a sense of lightness and a sense of grace. It really had a lot of fun with it. It seems like it was written by fans for fans. Definitely. Um, I I. I do appreciate a sword and sandals epic that isn't, or a fantasy epic that wasn't very serious, that wasn't kind of in love with itself. Mm. That kind of lightness is is far more enjoyable. Um, but there's there's and there's elements to the movie that are really pretty solid. I think actually the opening is pretty great. The opening of the movie is that it sort of reminds you of Jurassic Park. There's this cage they slide in. Mm-hmm. There's this big creature that comes out. And the entire thing is misdirection. You think the movie is going to be about this giant creature. And it just leads you to Michelle Rodriguez's character who breaks his neck. And that's the end of him. You know, the, the entire the entire movie begins focusing on this one thing that turns out to be a bit of misdirection. Um, I did like how they got the part in, though. <laughs> Even yeah, yeah. <laughs> that made me laugh too. They they have this big elaborate escape um, when they're arguing to to be pardoned from prison at the beginning of it, and they do the escape before the uh, bef- before the judgment is read out, and it's and they end up getting pardoned to, while <laughs> while in the middle of this escape. Um, so it's it really has a lot of a lot of things to to be said for it, and the actors are a lot of fun. Chris Pine is is very funny in it. Um, he's a good companion with Michelle Rodriguez. She, you know, she's not the greatest actress in the world, but she certainly does a, a serviceable job in this. Um, the fellow from Bridgerton who plays the Paladin is is quite funny with them. I, I think it's just the constant, constant, constant ironic joke at every single thing. Uh, you know after a while, just really wore me down. And there isn't a lot of plot or, you know, kind of (laughs) human interaction. I'll be honest, though. I did like some of the twists and turns, though, because they didn't just have a plan and it worked. I like the way they played with that. Sometimes these movies can have a really rudimentary plot. Okay, Mm. they did show the trials and tribulations of how when a, a group of adventurers are trying to solve something, they think they got there, but the vault is empty and they had to go another way. So I did enjoy that, but you're right. It's not super deep, but there was at least more than just a straight linear path. 
There's a, there's a lot of MacGuffins in this. It's a kind of a MacGuffin he- heavy mm-hmm. film. And so is D and D, right? That's... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So one from one thingy to another thingy. We gotta get the helmet, then we gotta get this other thing. Yeah. But I, I would say things that made me laugh a lot was when the paladins walking away and they're commenting on that. Um, uh, when they do the spell and Chris Pine's character, the bard has to Ed, the bard has to play the the lute and it starts going wrong. And oh yeah, yeah, it starts like melting or like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was also really funny. It's uh, it's always great to see Hugh Grant in things, especially Hugh Grant chewing the scenery like he was. It was uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was having a lot of fun. It was it's enjoyable to for him to to be back in it. Um and even the blimp with his head on it was Oh yeah. Every time yeah, 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 yeah. I mm. yeah. I don't know. The, like the other supporting characters though, they sort of bleed away. There's that kind of fey girl with the ears. The tiefling. It, the tiefling. tiefling. Yeah. Demon I mean, descent. Yeah. They have one extended scene, a, a single shot scene, which isn't a single shot scene, obviously of her transforming into different creatures while trying to get through a castle. And it's an ex- it's one of these eight-minute uncut scenes that actually has a bunch of cuts in it uh, that have become incredibly popular. Back when Children of Man did it, it was cool. And now I feel like a, every movie I see has one of the, you know, if it's an action movie, it has one of these uncut scenes um, that is supposed to be kind of a centerpiece of the movie, but it felt kind of also a little tired to me. I, her character didn't, jump off the screen at all and honestly i wasn't a big fan of omar's character either uh i am also entirely over this like just believe in yourself and things will work out well kind of trope (laughs) but his character has very little else to say for him so he sort of disappears into the background as well i think the supporting cast generally just isn't that interesting which is another thing they sort of really are overshadowed by michelle rodriguez and chris pine but that goes back to Chris's comments earlier, right? You have the core group that goes and then these supporting characters that come in and out of different adventures. So yeah. I, that. I think it's by design, but I do agree with yeah, you. Yeah. I mean, you're making a movie. You got to have. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I get what you're saying there. And I also felt that too, because when I was talking to KJ, there were some times that I didn't buy the rapport or relationship within the group, but it was not enough to stop my enjoyment of the film. I also think it was a two hour and 15 minute movie already. And yes. they were trying to make they were trying to make it accessible to the masses, which is why I think they leaned heavily into the the humor, because anybody could laugh at the oh I'm gonna go last when the paladin falls down the hole. <laughs> you don't have to know D and D at all to get to laugh at that like stupid little joke. So I think that's I think that's why they leaned on that. Uh, and also if if they had tried to do any more deep dive of any of the other characters, this would have been a Justice League de- 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 debacle, mm-hmm. like where they. Focusing on the two characters, giving them a, 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 a relatively good backstory, and then just letting everybody else tag along seemed like the right choice, just for the just for time purposes. Yeah, but you could still have interesting, uh, an interesting collection of these like roguish people. I mean, if you think of Maltese Falcon, Maltese Falcon is what ninety minutes, and you have a whole string of rogues who are all very very memorable. I mean, you could do something like that. I just found the, those two younger characters to really disappear. All the supporting characters kind of vanish. Yeah, the Maltese Falcon doesn't have a chunky dragon or a bunch of magic items you have to say. I missed that hither yeah. thither staff. In- <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking like how you could quickly define interesting characters. And um, the chunky dragon was also a thing that made me laugh too. 
So before we wrap it up, I have a quick question for everyone. I'd like to know your opinion on this one. Is this the beginning of a D&D franchise? For sure. Oh, is it? I guess one of the, well, I, are the actors up for it? I, that's always a big piece. Of this. Is Chris Pine going to want to continue? Here's the thing. You don't need to have those actors again because you could write that character off into the sunset. That mm, person just doesn't true. come to the table that week. That's I think if, if you get Chris Pine and Michelle Rodriguez back, you could do this for as long as you wanted. I feel they were setting it up myself, but I just wanted to get everyone's input. Yeah, the world isn't that compelling that you would have a sort of universe without those characters. I think we just uh, gave all Chris, of our audience Chris a almost heart just attack. died in his <laughs> oh. chair over there. <laughs> They've been playing for years, Tom. Well, not, I for somebody compelling. who hasn't, almost got a little taste of it. You're just in what Neverwinter, right? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I the the. The movie did not communicate what was so compelling about the game to me uh, of that universe. So I don't, I don't know. I would Says like to see Tom and Tom alone. <laughs> yeah, I would like this. I would say I would want to see those. You know those what? I, two I'm main not, characters come back. I'm not going to disagree with Tom. I don't know that the movie makes you want to go back to Faerun, but I mean, like for me, having experienced it in the game having seeing it on the screen made it so much much more impressive so mm. i i don't want to say that tom is wrong the tom's never wrong tom's always right <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to disagree with tom because if the movie only by itself probably doesn't really elicit like oh i really need to get back to this this plan i need to get back to this plane whatever wherever we were i don't know what are we playing it's in pathfinder i don't know. so like but as a as a person that's played as a person that knows even any of the source material it was fantastic and i can't wait to see them do other characters like Dritz. I can't wait to see him do other other big characters from from Forgotten Realms. Uh, did you guys notice the the cameo in the labyrinth scene? I don't know. Is did that any Tom Morella? I don't. From I don't know. I... Rage Against the Machine guy was in it. Well, he's he's a big D and D head. He plays he plays yeah. D and D all the time. Uh, mm -hmm. But did any of you watch the old cartoon, the old Dungeons and Dragons cartoon? I know no, it exists. So there was to. a cartoon. There was a cartoon where a group of kids go to an amusement park and they get on the D and D roller coaster. And when they go through the roller coaster, <laughs> they end up getting transported to the fantasy realm and become D and D characters. Uh, if you in the labyrinth, when they're releasing the 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 party into the labyrinth, there's another party off to the left that you see, like in the far shot. It is the characters from oh. the animated show. So if you if you pull up a picture of the animated characters and you look at that scene in the movie, you can see every, each and every one of the characters oh, are there. The the ranger, the barbarian, they're all they're all there. In fact, the one guy actually picks the, the axe up out of the, the chest. Yeah, that was like a big that was from the, yeah. the cartoon as well. I remember <laughs> that scene. Well, I know someone else who would have survived the labyrinth. That's our winner of the week, Chris. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. Hey. What a high intelligence role. Thanks for having me again. This is awesome, guys. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. the chest was empty at the end of this uh, dungeon, but uh, thanks for playing. <laughs> <laughs> at, at least it wasn't, wasn't a mimic. Yeah. At least it wasn't a mimic. <laughs> you can rate and review this show anywhere podcasts are available. For those viewing in YouTube land, if you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the Talking Studios channel for all our exciting content, and follow us on Twitter at Talking Studios. Check out other shows by Talking Studios, including Keep Making Movies, where we explore micro-budget films, Limited Lexicon, where we play through text-based adventure games, 
and get the point, where we slowly reveal a movie poster and try to guess which movie poster it is. Got a question for us? Call the Talking Studios hotline at 201-467-8679 and leave a message. It may be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Talking Pictures Trivia wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for joining us for this bonus episode of Talking Pictures Trivia. Check out our other fantasy episodes we've done recently like Conan the Barbarian, Princess Mononoke, Pan's Labyrinth, and Warcraft. Also, if you like fantasy games, check out our new show, Limited Lexicon, that was just released this week when we play through the text-based adventure game from 1982, The Hobbit. Ding, 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 ding. Wow, Talking Studios, 